Hello and welcome to Cool Time Life. I'm your host, Steve Prentice. Here's what you need to know about this podcast series. Each of our Cool Time Life podcasts is 10 minutes or so in length. Each one focuses on a topic dealing with people, productivity and technology. Each contains short units offering ideas and facts you probably need to know about to thrive in today's busy world. An index of our podcasts, who I am, as well as subscription information, is available at steveprentice.com under the Podcast tab. Email is a necessary tool of day-to-day business, but its candid and immediate nature swallows up a lot of time. In this podcast, I want to share with you a method for pairing your email and calendar together in a way that will make your day healthier and more productive, and will not leave you having to sacrifice your evening to returning all those messages. But let's start with your calendar. Most people see a calendar as something that tells them what to do. But it shouldn't be that way. That's backwards. Your calendar should be a menu of choices that you use to decide how to apply your time based on the priorities of the day. It is also a tool of defense against other people's work requests. It's a dynamic method of proactively managing your time. Most of us have way too many things to do, yet we believe we can get them all done in a day. That's a fallacy based on not being fully aware of the total inventory of your day. What do I mean by that? Well, most people only use their calendar for unique and specific events like meetings, dental appointments, or a specific task. They never put in the day-to-day regular stuff like email. That never gets accounted for because it's a given. But even though it still exists, it doesn't get put in the budget. This is exactly the same as budgeting your take-home pay. Imagine it's payday. You either get your direct deposit into your bank account from your employer, or you get handed a check or an electronic payment from your client. Now, is all that money yours to do what you want with? Maybe buy a guitar or pay for a vacation? No, not immediately. You know you have payments to make. A mortgage or rent, maybe a car payment, utility bills, food, all these things. They're standard. You have to budget for this. A whole lot of that money you just took home is already spoken for. Now, let's translate that same concept into your calendar. If you flip ahead in your day planner or online calendar to a workday that has no events planned on it, let's say exactly one year from today, it's probably an empty page right now. But you already know if that's a regular workday, part of that day is already spoken for for the day-to-day activities that we just take for granted, like email. Email is something that comes into your inbox randomly and immediately demands your attention. Each one of those emails demands some of your time. So how many do you think you can handle on any given day, and how long does it take you to deal with each one? Because it's such a candid and varying thing, few of us stop to calculate just how much time email takes. That's why so many of us resort to doing them in the evening, because the day just got full of other stuff. So, let's say you stop and quantify. Just like a professional project manager has to do when planning a road, or building, or a wedding. Yes, wedding planners are project managers too. Nothing is left to chance. Everything is counted, planned, and added to the budget. So you give it some thought, and yes, okay, you basically deal with 30 emails a day. And by deal, I mean receiving emails, reading them, replying to them, and creating your own. Okay? So, 30 a day? Now, let's say you average out the time each one takes based on your past experience. Don't count the ones that ask you to do something that takes more than five minutes, like, please review the attached document and make changes and send back to me. This particular type of email is actually a task and should be immediately promoted as such as an appointment on your calendar face. Okay, so all of your quick emails average about 3 minutes each to handle. So 30 emails at 3 minutes each is 90 minutes. 90 minutes. That represents almost 20% of an 8-hour workday. Now, if you want to use your calendar as a proactive tool of time management rather than a passive list of impossible obligations, my suggestion is to do the following. 
Schedule three recurring 30-minute blocks for email management and assign them to every day that you work. Recurring. That's easier to do on a calendar app, of course, than a day planner, but three per day, perhaps at 10.30, 1.30, and 4 p.m. Now, here are my reasons why doing mail-in blocks like this is way more practical and efficient than just doing them candidly and reactively. First, they serve as placeholders. Collectively, they prove to you that 90 minutes of this day and every day into the future are already spoken for. This is tangible proof of your busyness and will be extremely helpful as a negotiation tool when people ask you for some of your time. You only have so much left to make available, and any time someone pressures you into saying yes to a meeting request, the invisible obligations tend to get forgotten. By making them visible in this way, it gives you and the requester proof of your current obligations while allowing some space to negotiate a suitable alternative time. It's so easy to forget the standing, recurring obligations that you have, but you know what it's like when you forget to pay a bill or forget to put money aside for a scheduled payment. There is hell to pay, and it's the same thing here. Your calendar is a proactive tool of prioritization and defense against attack. Three email returning periods still allow for flexibility. If your first email returning period is scheduled for 10.30 a.m. and someone, a client or your boss, really needs you for a meeting at that time, well, okay, it's not that difficult to slide that 10.30 email returning time slot down by half an hour, like a game of Tetris or Candy Crush. Things can move fluidly across your calendar's face. The important thing is that they are there on the face of the calendar. They are not invisible. They are taking up some of the time as they should. They are speaking for that time, defending it. Dynamic calendar management is part and parcel of effective time management, so slide things around slightly. Just don't delete them. That's as dangerous as deciding not to pay the phone bill this month. Flexible, slideable appointments also make life easier for people who may be trying to schedule meetings with you online, but I will always maintain the conviction that A, you should never delete these email returning appointments, and B, you should always make sure you leave some empty spaces on your calendar for those people to choose from instead. A big pushback I get when describing this concept is the idea of planning to return emails at these set times rather than dealing with them right away. So I ask, why do you want to respond to them right away? Because someone's waiting for a reply, they say. And why is it important that you get back to them right away, I ask? Because they're waiting for a reply. They might be offended. So I ask, what's really going on here? Do you know they're going to be offended? And what can you do to prevent that? The answer is easy. Manage their expectations. Let your people know when and how they can expect a response from you. This is as easy as setting up an out-of-office assistant in your email or putting it in the footer of your messages or even at the bottom of your email signature. Something to the effect of this. I return emails three times a day, mid-morning, early afternoon, and late afternoon. You will receive a reply from me in a couple of hours. Now, you can phrase this how you like, but this is another example of the power of proactivity. By proactively informing your people of your email response schedule, you are letting them know what to expect rather than leaving them to flap around in the breeze and form their own assumptions. Very often, emails that are responded to too quickly simply sit in the recipient's inbox anyway, or worse, they just beget more emails that themselves are unnecessary and redundant. And if you think making people wait is bad customer service, I would suggest you redefine this as giving them certainty. You are giving them something tangible to hold on to, and that is a very good thing. Be aware also that when I schedule email returning times, that doesn't mean not checking my mail until then. There's a big difference between looking to see who just mailed you and actually working on handling those messages. If your job or personality is one that absolutely must know who emailed you the moment they arrive, then do yourself the stress-releasing favor of checking. But unless it is earth-shakingly urgent, leave the reply until your email returning block.
Here's another reason why email blocks are worthwhile. It has to do with how your brain works. An email is a surprise attack. Even though we know we are going to receive them, each time an email arrives, your brain and body go into a minor version of fight-or-flight reactive mode. Concentration is broken and you enter a tunnel vision state. That's why they're so hard to resist. If you then go ahead and respond to that email right away, not only will a few minutes of your time be taken up and away from the work you were actually doing, it takes another five minutes or so for you to regain the level of concentration you had prior to the interruption. Your brain and instinct basically must recover from the interruption, and until it does, you will be working at a sub-level capacity. If that happens 30 times a day, you can add to those 90 minutes of distraction that the emails take initially another 150 minutes. That's two and a half hours at which you are guaranteed to be working at sub-level capacity every single day. No wonder the day goes by so quickly and you don't get it all done. By contrast, when you consciously choose to enter into an email returning time block, you do so of your own volition, which removes this surprise factor and does not set your body back, so there is no recovery required. This removes that two and a half hours per day of subpar performance right there. Finally, there's the principle of Parkinson's law, which states that work expands to fill the time available. With email, this tends to point to them taking longer than needed because until the next fixed appointment arrives, such as maybe a meeting at 11 o'clock, emails will simply pour themselves across your calendar like liquid until they bump into the next solid appointment. But Parkinson's law can also work in your favor. If you give yourself only 30 minutes to respond to 10 emails, you will find you can do that by maybe writing shorter emails and getting to the point more quickly and using the momentum of this time period to really get on a roll. You might even find that you can shorten your email returning times to 20 minutes each or even less. Email is a technology whose designers never really considered the human aspect of reacting to false urgencies. It can be a useful tool, but only when kept under control, and I think this pairing of email and dynamic calendar management is a highly proactive way of getting more done in a day. So, there you have it, our podcast on email and dynamic calendar management. If you would like to investigate this further, consider signing up for my online course on dynamic calendar management, available at steveprentice.teachable.com. Be sure to sign up for the newsletter to learn when that episode airs. The newsletter link is at the bottom of the homepage at steveprentice.com. If you have a comment about the show or a question you would like answered in a future episode, please do let me know. You can drop me a line through the contact form at steveprentice.com and you can follow me on Twitter at stevenprentice, S-T-E-V-E-N, prentice.com. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing and leaving a review. And if you really like what you hear, you can actually help support us with a small donation of one, two, or five dollars via PayPal. The link to that is also at steveprentice.com under the podcast link. The theme music for the Cool Time Life was obtained through podcastthemes.com. And until next time, I'm Steve Prentice. Thanks for listening.